chapter 6 and verse 9. <clears throat> and I think this is Christ's heart toward the church. He says this, My dove, my undefiled, is but one. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of her that bear her. The daughter saw her and blessed her. Yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. The church is the one institution that God, the Bible says, he gave his life for the church. And he very much refers to uh, Christ's relationship with the church as a husband to his bride. It's all through, through the New Testament for sure. It's even in the Old Testament, but he refers to that. So I don't think it's taken out of context at all. But the reason I want to re wanted to read that verse is to, to help us understand how serious then marriage is uh, in God's eyes. And what I mean by that is we don't just... Um, well, the last point we made, the very last thing we said last week was marriage then is destroyed by Satan. So Satan wants to destroy that picture. He wants to destroy that relationship because it's what God put in place to show what he is to the church and Satan would love to destroy that. Uh, <clears throat> so I think I already uh, said this, but I wrote this down. Of course, Satan wants to destroy marriage and the church. The one pictures Christ's relationship to the church, and he is pure, undefiled, gracious, and unceasing in his love. So, of course, Satan wants to destroy that picture and that relationship. And, and that's what I wanted to talk about from last week. And if you look at Hosea, the whole book of Hosea, if you're familiar with it, you know what I'm talking about, where he's constantly got this unfaithful uh, bride, this unfaithful spouse that he's continuing to love, he's continuing to welcome, uh, but that is... It even talks about it in, in Hosea. That is a picture of the bride to Christ, the church to Christ. Um, he's more talking about Israel there uh, in Hosea, but he's saying, look, what, look how you've walked away from me. And I continue to welcome you back and welcome you back and welcome you back. And that's why I think it's so important uh, what Paul's talking about here with marriage. Uh, we don't just... Um, well, we're going to get into it in a second about uh, marriage being uh, we become one flesh. But we're going to talk about that in a second. How important then it is that we don't just eh, try it, don't like it, get divorced, move on to the next. It's a very important. Um, and I don't know everybody's background here. Some I do. Uh, some have been divorced before they were saved and now they are married and, and in a happy uh, marriage. But Paul addresses that. And we're going to get to that in just a second. All right. So now we come to our homework uh, for, for this week. Verse 6. Anybody want to speak up and say what they think or what they know that to mean? Anybody want to give me some, some, some comments? I speak this by permission and not of commandment. Okay. All right. Anybody have anything else to add or uh, disagree with that? Brother Nate. Well, I, I 
Sure. And so that is something, uh, and we'll see it a few more times in this chapter, that's, that is something we have to be really careful about because that, it does sound like, yeah, this is just Paul talking, which is exactly the argument that people in the world give, right? This is just a bunch of men talking. So, so this verse very much says, it says, I speak this by permission, not of commandment. And if we take it in that, as that context, uh, then... It's, it, we have to be careful doing that. So, so that is definitely an argument people make. This is just Paul talking, but he's an apostle, so he has the authority. Um, I think, anybody else have any other ideas? So, Brother Nate, I, I, I see what you're uh, getting, but we kind of talked about that last week, the, that whole, so I don't want to get into that again, but this verse in, in particular, I speak this by permission, not commandment. Brother Scott? Right. I got you. Yeah. Very good. So, and, and all right, to address what you were saying, Brother Nate, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong because I, <laughs> see, I told y'all. If you, <laughs> go ahead.
And that's what I'm saying. I don't disagree with that. I think that principle is 100%. It is there. That The principle is there because what else would verse 9 mean? Now, you have the rest of the context, but what is, what is he talking about then in verse 9? And I addressed that last week saying it's not just you know, a man saying, man, I, I, can't, I can't help. I, I got to get married so I don't get in trouble. I do think that's there. But then I remember last week I said also sometimes young women, they want to have a family. They want to care for a husband and have children and care for them. That's burning too. They want that. And Paul is saying if, you, if, if that overwhelming desire for either the physical relationship, you know, that a man would wants or or a relationship that a woman wants with her husband to love her kids if you can't contain it get married it's better to do that than to to burn and and be have that constantly in your mind that temptation if you will um but we're getting away from what our homework was verse six i do agree with brother nitton uh brother scott's touching on it and i agree with that um but i speak this by permission and not of commandment i i think I didn't really even think of it in that context uh, that you've given me permission to speak about this, which uh, I do that a lot when I'm witnessing at work. If, if they ask a question, I don't say, well, you ask, but in my mind I say, you asked. I'm not pushing this on you. I'm going to tell you what I believe. And it, it could be whatever topic. It doesn't just have to be the gospel. It could be politics. Hey, what do you think about this? All right, I'm going to give you the truth, and you're not going to like it, but this you asked, so you're giving me permission to talk about it. But I think I, I do think that uh, overwhelmingly this is talking about what he just talked about and then what he's about to talk about. So uh, verse 2, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, let every woman have her own husband. Then he says, then he, he talks about the married, marriage relationship. Then in verse 7, he says, for I would that all men were as myself. Obviously, Paul's very content, very happy with the way he is, single. He believes, and he'll, you'll see it later in this chapter, he believes that he's very useful, or he's more useful, or he's un, and I said this last week, sounds, sounds selfish, but he's unburdened, undistracted un, un, uh, with a family and with marriage, because he talks about that later, uh, and we'll get to it hopefully, but um, verse 29, 30, and, and so on, he's saying if, if you're, married your duty is to your spouse you need to take care of her husband you need to to take care of your husband wife but I wish that you were like me so if Paul was wishing that he was married you wouldn't I don't think you would see that here if he was like man I gotta find a wife I gotta find some you wouldn't see him saying hey I wish you were all like me and we're going to talk about that here in a second why why does he wish that everybody was like him but in verse 6 He's saying, I'm speaking this by permission and not of commandment. God does not specifically say you need to be married or you need to stay single. So I'm giving you my advice on how I feel about marriage. And I think it's for a specific time because obviously God tells man to be fruitful and multiply the husband and wife. It's a, that is a command. So why would God's not going to say be fruitful and multiply outside of marriage. So God obviously endorses marriage, but he doesn't require it um, because we have plenty of people in the Bible that were not married, um, that God used greatly, Paul being one of them. So he's saying, I, I think that, I don't really think we have any too great of differing opinions here, that he's saying, I'm speaking this by permission. It's not a command to stay married or single, 
or it's a command to stay married. It's not a command to be married or stay single. Um, but, but I'm going to tell you what I kind of hope because look at verse 40 and we'll go, we'll keep referring back to this as we go through these verses. Uh, but he says this at the very end of verse 40. And I think also that I have the spirit of God in this. So he's saying, I think this is God's part as well. Uh, but he is, but he is as an apostle, he has the authority. He is speaking under inspiration of God when he's, when he's giving this letter to the Corinthians. Um, because you'll see, I think it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not finding it now, but we'll get to it. Um, but he says it two or I think two more times. Uh, now I am speaking with authority from God. Uh, if anybody can find that verse, uh, let me know. Just shout it out what number it is. Mr. Forbes. Say it again. Okay. Yeah, and I it, I agree with you, and I it, that is simpler, but I do think that that's what it is. It's it's permission. Um, you're saying from God to say, hey, either one is fine. And we're going to move on. So I agree with I do agree with you that on that. Right, right. Because God doesn't give that commandment, so He doesn't have. Uh, now He gets into it, and we're going to here in just a second. He does get into once you're married. Now I am speaking on authority from God. Stay married, uh, especially a a uh, converted couple um, or or to saved people that come together. And remember, uh, it's Satan's plan to, the Bible says, be not unequally yoked, right? That's in a different, that's in a, in a couple different contexts I think it can be taken, but he's specifically talking about marriage there, or, or we can specifically apply it to marriage, not to be unequally yoked, because look at the problems that can cause. You got one sold out for God, wanting to do what God has for them to do, and the other one's not excited at all. They don't want anything to do with that. Um, it doesn't mean um, someone who wants to serve God and is saved and someone who's not interested in serving God but is saved and just backslidden. That, that's not, he's talking about the unsaved should not marry, the, a saved person should not marry an unsaved person because of the issues that it causes um, with being unequally yoked, but kind of getting off on a rabbit trail. All right, verse 7. For I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner, and another after that. So Paul gives us personal wish for celibacy, whether you're widowed or you're divorced. And he gets into that. Verse 8, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it's good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it's better to marry than to burn. And unto the married I command, yet not I. That, that's the verse I was looking for. I looked right at 10 because I thought it was there and didn't see it. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. So he says, now God does talk about this. Once you're married, stay married. This isn't me talking. This is God. So he's saying, you can get married or not get married. I wish that for this time you would stay unmarried because of, uh, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it. But because of the persecution that they were facing, he's saying, I, I wish that you would just stay single for now if you're not married because of what's coming and what you're already facing. 
But verse 9, if, if you cannot contain, let them marry, for it's better to marry than to burn. Um, but then he says in verse 10, unto the married, I'm commanding you. This is not by permission anymore. This is a command from God. Yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Verse 11, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. Um, so you have, marriage is, is a willing decision. And I want to look at a couple verses and, and we're going to move quickly through this. I wanted to finish this chapter because I don't think it needs to be belabored. But uh, Matthew chapter 19 Go there if you will. Hold your finger in 1 Corinthians. Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 9. And I'm going to start reading while you're getting there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. That doesn't mean let not a court say, Okay, good, you can go ahead and get divorced. That means let not any man, even the two that are married. You don't even get to, to say, Man, I don't like it anymore. Let not man put asunder what God hath joined together. Verse 7, they say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he saith unto him, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. What Paul is saying in verse uh, 10, God's command is not so. Don't get divorced is, is the command from God. Verse 9, and I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. That's Christ's words. I don't have the red letter edition, but those are Christ's words, right? That's Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. So they try to catch him. Well, what about divorce? And he says that wasn't supposed to be that way because of your hardness. Moses gave you that law, hardness of your heart. So verse 10, let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried. Now, this is, this is, this is uh, something, especially in churches today, the culture has accepted divorce and remarriage so much that we don't really think too much about it, but Bible says in verse 11, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. And then, uh, and then verse 12, we see this again from Paul, but to the rest speak I, speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife, hath a wife that believeth not, she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. So God doesn't specifically talk about this either because when, when marriage was instituted, it wasn't, you weren't supposed to be unequally yoked together. So now Paul has to address this issue that God doesn't specifically address. What do you do now when two unsaved get married, one gets saved and the other doesn't? Now what do you do? Because now you're unequally yoked. What are you supposed to do? And I think that's what Paul is saying here. Again, same exact thing as verse 6. I'm speaking this by permission, not of commandment, in regards to being married or not being getting married. But now he says, now I'm speaking also, this is not the Lord. This doesn't come from the Bible. But this, I believe I have authority from God to speak on what do we do now that if, if uh, 
verse 12, if any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. So I think this is a couple different situations. Uh, two unsaved get married, one gets saved, gets born again, and now what do you do? Or uh, say one of the spouse, spouses is saved, is backslidden, marries someone in the world. Now he, he realizes he, maybe he gets back right with God. What do you do now? You don't just divorce her and say, oh, I made a mistake. Because when you get married, now you're one flesh, right? Think about it from in Mark chapter 10, verse 2 through 12. I'm pretty sure that's this, it's a correlating passage to Matthew chapter 19, so we won't go there. But go to Luke chapter 16, verse 18. I'm trying to stay away from the long, long passages, but we'll pick this verse out. Luke chapter 16, verse 18. Says, whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband committeth adultery. So, very, very uh, important, stay married. And that's what Paul is saying here. Um, but I wrote this down uh, just as an example. When, you know, especially the world, but it happens even in Christian circles, this, ain't the, this isn't the guy I married, or this isn't the woman I married. I'm not in love anymore. Bible doesn't say remain married if you're still in love. It's a vow that you take till death to us do us part. Now, you want to get that relationship fixed because that's miserable to not be in love and have to stay married. But um, think about when, when you have an ache or a pain in your body, right? Say you break your arm. What do you do to your arm? You go in and you get it fixed and you, and you coddle it and you baby it and you're careful not to bump it on anything because you want that arm to heal. You don't just rip your arm off, right? That arm ain't working like it's supposed to anymore. Rip it off. That causes a lot more pain than just fixing the issue. It's this, that's why I think God uses this uh, example. You're one flesh now. You don't just go rip half of it off because you're not in love anymore. All right? Um, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think we need to belabor this point, um, but the culture, our culture has accepted it so much that it's, even Christians have decided, well, I guess it's fine to get married. She, she this, she that, he, he this and that, you know, he's, there's all number of, of sins we can get ourselves involved in now. And Paul is even saying here, by permission of God, by authority of God, that even if there is fornication, do everything you can to fix it. Don't just, oh, they cheated. Boom, it's done. He's saying, try to fix it um, because you are one flesh. He even says that. But if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Try to reconcile this issue uh, because you are one flesh now. All right, so verses 12 through 24, I'm going I'm to try to, fly through this now we only got about 10 minutes all right so but to the rest speak i not the lord if any brother hath a wife let that believeth not and she be pleased to dwell with him let him not put her away and the woman which hath an husband that believeth not and if he be pleased to dwell with her let her not leave him without reading the rest of it does anybody just knowing this passage know why what's what's the reason for staying with uh an unsaved spouse Outside of it's a command of God to try to try to make it work, uh, brother Eric. Uh, yeah, Bec you, you'll see it in um, verse 
16. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? He's saying, you're the light in their life. You're the Christian influence that they need. Try to make it work. And he also says, you know, if, if the unbeliever wants to leave, you, you can let them leave. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting, but he's basically saying, let them go, and you're not in sin if you remarry. Um, but anyway, he's saying, try to stay married because you don't know. God might have used you in, the, in, in their life to save their soul. Uh, what knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? But as God hath distributed to every man, verse 17, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all the churches. He's saying, this is, this is what I'm, this is the, the doctrine I'm giving in all the churches. This is, the, this is what I'm preaching and in all the churches, this same thing. Not, it's not just for the Corinthians. Well, you have this culture, so I'm going to let you do this. He's saying, crossing cultures, crossing everything else, this is the way it should be. Um, so I'm gonna, that's verses 12 through 24. Um, verses 12 through 16, he says, uh, try, to, try to make it work. Uh, we already talked about that. But he's clear also that he is not permitting, this is not permission for a mixed marriage. This is not, yeah, you can marry an unsaved girl and then try to get her saved. That, or un- marry an unsaved guy and then try to get him saved. That's not permission to do that. If it happens, you made the mistake, now try to make it work. But don't, this is not permission to just go jumping into these uh, uh, unequal, unequally yoked uh, relationships. Um, <clears throat> all right. Verse 17 through 24, I don't want to really, really dwell on this because um, I think this was very much more for, for that time. He talks about, you know, if you were saved as a, as a free man, or if you were saved as a slave, or if you were saved as a Jew or a Gentile, that's not important. What's important is that you are living for God. And you can read that as you go through uh, verse 18. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any man called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised, because that's not important. That's not what's important here. Uh, verse 19, circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. Don't worry about it if you're called being a servant. And they would have been at this time. There's very much slavery was, was a big thing back then. You were either uh, wealthy and had servants and slaves, or you were a servant or a slave. There wasn't really a middle class of, of people doing what they, what they wanted and running businesses and things like that. Uh, art thou called being a servant? Don't worry about it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You're bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. So there's lots of good stuff in there, but uh, this is an overview. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not really going to dig into that. But he's basically saying God can use the gifts that you come with. God can use you um, and your life's circumstances or your life's uh, experiences, he can use you in that because you're bought with the price. Uh, verse 23, be not ye the servants of men. All right, then he says, let's see, verse 25, 
he starts, he gets into the unmarried. And this is where Paul kind of focuses because this is his state. Um, and he says, uh, we have virgins and widows. We have those that have never been married and we have those that have been married and they've become widowed uh, or whatever. But, but Paul, again, verse 25, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Referring back to verse 6, it's the same thing. I don't have a commandment that you must get married or you must stay unmarried. Um, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Remember, this is where I got ahead of myself. He's saying the present distress. We're in persecution. We are, we are remember Aquila and Priscilla. They were in Corinth. From where? I think they were from, were they from Rome? Either way, they were not native to Corinth, but they were there. Why? Because of persecution. They got chased out. The whole church was being, uh, being uh, persecuted and, and they're all over the place. And that's why Paul is saying, because of the present distress that we're in, it's good just to stay single. Um, art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Uh, so he's saying, if you're, if you're single, try to stay single. If you're married, stay married. But I wish that you would be single because you're going to have trouble being married. You're going to have issues that you have to deal with, not because of the spouse, but because of the nature of you have someone else to care for. And then he says, but I spare you. Uh, all right, I'm done talking about that. I've said it 10 times already. You got the point. All right, so verse 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice. And there's so much in here too. Um, as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. He's basically talking about... The, the world, it's, it's fleeting. Stop worrying about what's in the world. Uh, you are here to serve God uh, now that you're saved. Do that. All right, so then uh, I'm, I'm flying through here, but I, I do want to finish this up. Okay, now I talked about this last week, and I actually mentioned it again today, but I said uh, it sounds selfish, but it's a distraction or can be a distraction from the service of God to be married, especially in this uh, context that the Corinthians were in, these saved Corinthians now under persecution. But he says that in verse 35, if you look at it. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I might cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Very much talking about marriage, and then says, I'm, I'm asking you, if you can, to stay single so that you don't have the distractions that come along, uh, the distractions from God's work, or even the distractions from maybe something that like Paul was doing, traveling all over the place. Imagine the distraction he would have on these missionary journeys, constantly thinking back, not just to, oh, I wish I was home with my wife, but I hope they're fine. There's persecution. There's people everywhere. Think about what Paul was just doing, going into every house and, and sending these people to prison and everything else. So that definitely would be a distraction from God's work. But then he, again, he says, but if you're married, you know, it's fine. And if you can't, live without being married get married as brother nate keeps on has mentioned a couple times i do think that's very much a principle here 
if you can't stay unmarried, get married. It's not a sin to be married, but I'm, I'm, I'm wishing you would be able to stay unmarried so you could be more useful in this particular um, time in Corinth. All right. <clears throat> Verse 36. Um, this, is very, this is also um, very cultural because he says, But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and needs so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Um, I think you can take this two different ways. Uh, it says his, uh, be himself uncomely toward his virgin. I think it could be uh, a man who is courting or dating a young lady. And, and he's saying, don't, don't behave yourself uncomely toward her. Don't get yourselves into trouble. Get married. But I also think, based on culture, that it could very much be the father was responsible for his daughter and her marriage. I think maybe more like the Indian culture where it's they're arranged, sort of. I think that's what this was. It was looked down on for a girl past about 20 years of age to not be married. What's her problem? Why isn't she married? Is she selfish? She doesn't want it. She doesn't want to have a family. What's her problem? Or is she, you know, a wicked girl that the father has said, I, I can't give her away. She's, she's been on the streets or whatever else. So I think that's what he's referring to here is he's saying the culture is to the father. If a man think he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin. So it's the father's decision. And I think it's still that way. Some today, I need to hurry up and finish. Some today where you have to, you go ask the dad, hey, I would like to marry your daughter. You, you don't just do it. You got to go get permission, right? Um, but here the father gave very much was in charge of, and of the daughter, whether she got married or not. And I think that's what Paul's addressing here is if you think that your daughter is being looked down on so badly or you think that it's becoming such a distraction for her to be in your house unmarried, a distraction maybe in the community and you think that it's to the point where it's uncomely let her get married just let her get married um so i, I don't want to belabor that either because i think that was definitely a cultural thing that paul was addressing but i think it can apply to a young man and a young woman <clears throat> verse 37 nevertheless he that standeth steadfast in his heart having no necessity but hath power over his own will and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin virgin doeth well. So basically, if you've, if you've decided my daughter's going to stay unmarried so that she can serve God, that's fine too. Um, but if she can't bear it and, and it becomes too much of a distraction, just let her get married. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. Basically saying, a widow her husband dies, marry in the Lord. Get, get married to a, con, a converted person so that you don't have any of these issues. Verse 40 again, he says, but she's happier if she so abide after my judgment. And then he says, and I think I have also that I have the spirit of God here. So he says it many, many times, and that's why I don't really want to belabor it. Um, I think it was definitely what the Corinthians were dealing with at that time why Paul was saying just stay single because it just takes care of so many of the issues you're going to have to deal with um, <clears throat> but if you can't it's fine get married this is not a commandment I'm speaking this on uh, permission of God who, who mentioned that I think Mr. Forbes mentioned that this is I have permission from God to say this but it's not a commandment to do this 
And, and uh, so that's Paul's uh, advice on marriage and, and uh, getting married or staying married or whatever else. And I think the important thing is a couple things here. If you're married, stay married because of what it pictures in Christ. I mean, think of, think of what God did with the children of Israel. I mean, how many times was he like, what is wrong with these people? I'm just going to start over. And then he repents of that and says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it. I'm going to fix this relationship. And then he does that with the church. I mean, how many, how many times, and with his, with his children, how many times do we fail him? How many times do we sin to the point where even you're like, man, I'm so bad. I'm so wicked. But God always takes us back because he's picturing, one reason is he's picturing this marriage relationship. Fix it. Don't just cut the arm off because you don't like it. Fix the relationship. You're one flesh now. And now in chapters 8 through 10, we're going we're gonna to get into the idea of Christian liberty, and we'll start that next week. All right? Let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for this day you've given us. God, I just thank you for how uh, your word is very clear uh, about what you want us to do and what you'll have us to do. And uh, God, I just pray that you'd give us discernment as Christians. We have liberty uh, as Christians, but I pray you'd give us discernment to do the things that you would have us to do. And uh, God, I pray the things that we're learning here, we would uh, put them in our minds and, and use them when, when the situation comes up. And uh, God, I just pray that we would be, again, st uh, students of your word. And uh, as we go from here, God, I pray that we'd have our own times of study and, uh, and be always learning uh, so that we can know what the truth of your word is. pray that you bless this next hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.